Welcome, everyone, to the Department 12 podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ben Butina. I am joined today by Dr. Alexander Schwal. How are you today, Alexander? Doing very well. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Now, you are the chief scientist and co-founder of Rabbit Analytics, and you're here today to talk about some data that you recently gathered. But let's get some background first. Uh, what is Rabbit Analytics? What do you do? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, Rabbit Analytics, we are a we are a tool, basically a platform that makes it very, very easy for people to exchange feedback in organizations. And this feedback is intended to be very work related. Um, the, the devil is in the details a little bit, and it's about how we collect that feedback. So what we do is we take a, you know, a competency model, essentially. And I know there are probably a few IOP psychologists here in this, in the audience. So we, we take a competency model and we break it down into behavioral markers, as we call them. So uh, the concept of communication, we may talk about how your communication is concise. So that could be a marker. And then we take these markers and distribute them among the people who are working with you uh, to make sure that you get feedback from, from somebody who's actually on the receiving end of these behaviors, naturally. Um, we, on, we don't only do this once, we do this um, repeatedly. So typically once or twice a week or every other week, People get a little reminder over email to provide feedback. They get a stack of cards, and on these cards, they see the markers that are about the people that are working with. They swipe right if they do it often. They swipe left if they don't do it so often. They swipe down if they, if they do it only sometimes. But it's, it's a very quick interface that doesn't rely on written feedback. Yeah, so you gather a lot of feedback, mm -hmm. and I assume it's through, through people's mobile phones generally? Oh, any device. Like, we do it on mobile phones. We can do it on... Um, uh, computers, of course, tablets. We we just add a technology that allows people to do it on um, on Internet Explorer 11. So we go back. We support basically any device that has a browser. That's all we need. Okay. So uh, for those of you playing along at home, uh, Rabbit is R H A B I T, and you'll find a link to the company in the show notes for today's episode. Now, the big question uh, that we're all trying to deal with right now is is how we react to COVID-19. So <laughs> is Rabbit doing anything differently in response to COVID-19, considering how much the workplace has changed? Yes, we have. We have uh, well, first of all, we have dissolved our physical office. So we, we got rid of that because, um, we, you know, we didn't see the need for it. And we didn't, you know, to be frank, didn't think we would need it in the near future. So we are working from home. Um, and, and this is something that we are you know, experimenting with. We started with, you know, trying out a few things, what is working and um, went from, you know, multiple check-ins a day, um, essentially as, a, as an emergency response, right? Trying to figure out, okay, how can we basically create a, a, a surrogate, a replication of the office environment where we have, you know, ample communication? How could we replicate this at home? So we, we started with, um, with, you know, multiple check-ins per day, but we're trying to right now to evolve this into something that is maybe a little bit different, a little bit better even. Great. Have your uh, clients asked for any kind of difference in the service that you provide in response to COVID-19? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, and I was, I was around in, in 2008. I'm going to, I'm going to create a little, little bit bigger story arc, but sure. like in 2008, uh, when the recession hit, my impression was that HR departments were considered more of a cost factor that you need to essentially get rid of, right? Like spend as little as possible on HR stuff, you know, like 
stay away from that. Um, and, and here during the COVID crisis, my impression is that HR and talent managers and all the people who are thinking about the well-being of, of your employees are actually not seen as a, as, a, as a burden, but as a tool that is going to be instrumental in making things better. So that means our clients have approached us asking for, can you give us different survey content in which we can evaluate if people are um, feeling comfortable going back to work, if they are feeling supported by their managers? Uh, do you see them uh, being able to, to you know, handle this, this crisis pretty well? So I, you know, we, I wouldn't say that, that um, you know, it has fundamentally changed our business, but I see like us being seen as a, you know, part of the solution, not part of the problem. Let's put it that way. Sure. And we have kind of a, a naturally occurring experiment here, uh, an yeah. unfortunate one, but uh, an experiment nonetheless, where we're looking at, um, well, not so maybe so much an experiment as just a, a longitudinal data set, but we're looking at a, a big change in how companies, including presumably those that uh, who are clients of yours from quarter one to quarter two, mm-hmm. uh, and how... Uh, and how we're all working, uh, at least those of us who are, are working from home or maybe they're working in offices that are, you know, under uh, tight constrictions. Yeah. Um, and you can see presumably data across all those organizations. Yeah. What have you seen that's different about, you know, employee engagement or employee behaviors between Q1 and Q2? Well, this, this was like one of the biggest eye openers for us. And, and we thought, you know, given the nature of, of the, 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 the experimental design, right? That it's hitting everybody at the same time, universally across the land, right? All our clients are affected. Um, they all have to react very quickly to moving workforces into, you know, remote, uh, working from, re- uh, working remotely type of arrangements, something that would have taken years otherwise has to be done in like a week or two. So we thought this, this, this has to be like the biggest thing ever. And we're going to see tremendous shifts in data. So we, we, we were waiting for the grand unifying trend, right? That, that yeah. you know, it's visible everywhere. But we could find a little bit of it, but we could see big differences between companies and even within companies, mm-hmm. depending on how they're handling it. I'm, okay. I'm actually like, I mean, you're an psychologist. I'm an psychologist. Like, think about how we conceptualize our field, right? We are, we are a field where we think about in great detail on on what makes good leaders, what makes good organizations, great teams, what do we have to do to do all of that. And this stuff all still matters. I, I see on I see on LinkedIn like these um like LinkedIn personalities and influencers who are saying, oh, uh companies are rethinking the value of remote work. Yeah. Um like Laszlo Bock from like former Google, uh you know, he he says, you know, people were just really worried about their job. There was a doom and gloom kind of situation and they were, you know, working harder because they were worried and he says it's not sustainable. And and I think this is probably part of this. Mm-hmm. But it, it it's not enough to explain all of this. This this doesn't explain this grand unifying trend. We we're seeing so many variations of that. I can I can walk you through a couple of interesting things we we found, but Yeah, that'd be it, great. It, yeah. So like one thing that we did find, and we, we, I personally thought this was kind of curious, is um, the uh, some of our clients measure satisfaction with pay. 
So that is one area that was around like in, in the 60s. So 60% agreement, 60% mm-hmm. of people would agree. Yeah, this is something that, you know, I'm happy with, with my pay. And it's certainly a little political. People probably will not, you know, you know, say, hey, my, my pay is awesome if they kind of want to get paid more. But sure. suddenly in, in April and May, we see this number going up and we see this number going up pretty um, substantially like to up like in, in the 80s. So basically, there's a roughly a 15 oh. to 20 percent increase. The pay hasn't changed, mind you. So yeah. but people were maybe thinking about ah, a lot of turmoil in the world. Um, maybe I shouldn't signal that I'm unhappy with my pay to my employer right now. So that's that's like that's a very simple explanation. Uh, interesting. Okay. So you're seeing a uh, so one of the things you found, and this is across organizations, and I understand, you know, there's variations among all your different client organizations, but the, uh, the feedback is, is less about pay. Has anything gone up? So is there anything that's sort of correspondingly uh, that people are saying are, is more important now? So one, one thing where we, where we saw um, a trend, and again, like we, we're not talking about like seismic shifts going from mm-hmm. 80 to 20 percent. We, we, we're talking about it like a 10, 15 percent shift. And this was in, in work-life balance. So we have one item in our engagement survey that people get. And that is about um, my company considers um, my, my personal life when making decisions on my time. So this is about, you know, it's not about like my company is not invading my, my right. personal life at all. It's about they're at least considering it. They're not just being reckless with it, right? So the yeah. bar is relatively low. And, and here we saw, um, again, not across the board, but by and large, pretty big increases of, of about 10% from like pre-March to May and June. But interestingly, we have data for July already. Um, we see this dropping again. So it, it is maybe a temporary effect and it's, it's going down again. So I, I'm, I cannot completely fully understand where sure. this is coming from because on the one hand, we, we're saving about uh, an hour in commute time. So this should probably give us more time. Yeah. But it's also making it so much easier for your boss to invade your personal space, right? You're, you're not just working from home. You're kind of like living at work, so to speak. Right. And uh, you're, you're available more easily. But again, it's, it, it hasn't shown this devastating effect that I would have expected. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, N equals one, you know, my anecdotal experience is that I, um, I worked from home for about six years uh, mm-hmm. prior to, you know, this was in the early 2000s. And my experience was very much what you described, which is living at work rather than uh, working where you live. And it was the point where I almost never felt like I could turn off. Uh, you know, I always felt like there was a uh, a need to be constantly on call because uh, I was, you know, maybe one of the 20% of people who are working from home full time. Yeah. Uh, and so there was maybe an impression management kind of thing that I was worried about yeah. uh, with this, where just about everyone uh, in, in my organization who can work from home is working from home. It does feel a little different. Um, there are more structured hours. Uh, and, and I do work more. Uh, couple of those, uh, some of that time that I used to have in commuting, I'm definitely putting more time in at work. Mm -hmm. Uh, It doesn't feel like I'm doing it because I have to, or I'm going to lose my job if I don't or anything like that. Uh, It's just, I now have more time to do that. Uh, But I I do feel like there's more, 
uh, ironically, uh, or, or, you know, because we had to do it so quickly and there were so many people involved. Um, and, you know, like you said, it didn't take a couple of years. It, it took a couple of weeks because that's what it needed to take. Yeah. Uh, the structure of the in-office schedule kind of reproduced itself at home. So that's very cool. Is there anything else that you saw that the surprise, it sounds like the big surprise is that you were expecting uh, bigger changes than you're actually seeing. What did you expect to see in that data? Uh, well, we we thought um, the 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 work life uh, balance thing basically taking the biggest hit because you know I'm I'm in front of Slack. My manager can reach me through Slack. Doesn't even have to pick up the phone. Um, and now I'm available basically all the time. So I, we thought this is this is the biggest thing. The, the second biggest thing. We thought that opportunity for growth, we have a couple of items around people's, you know, perception of how well they can grow as an, as an individual would take a nosedive because, you know, you are not able to observe people. You're not able to, mm-hmm. you know, look over by somebody's shoulder. You may not have these chance encounters, um, but that didn't move the needle at all. Like for a few clients, there were, there were little shifts, but I would say there were, there was mostly noise. There were not really that significant, but, um, this, 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 this was largely not affected. The third area, and that's for me, the most fascinating is, um, uh, loyalty and commitment to the employer. So this is a mix of, of items around turnover intention of feeling loyal to the employer mm-hmm. Um, you know, recommending the employer as a place to work to others, family and friends. And, and there we, we saw, um, again, very big variations across companies. So companies that were always strong on this, um, stayed strong. Yeah. So, and, and once we saw that, we, we looked at companies who were a little lower. And for them, there, there was maybe some fluctuation. This took a dip around, um, uh, April and May. But then, I, I also looked into the into the relationship with manager behavior. So as I mentioned earlier, Rabbit doesn't just collect engagement data. That's something we, we collect mm-hmm. all the time. But we also measure how managers are behaving on typical you know, bread and butter activities that managers should be doing, like coaching and delegating and all those things. So here we notice, and, and this kind of explains why there's no grand unifying trend, because it comes back to the manager. We notice that managers who have... Um, who are more hands-on managers. And I'm really meaning like transactional managers, managers who set boundaries, who are um, uh, essentially telling you what to do to, to some degree, um, mm-hmm. setting goals, setting expe- expectations, holding people accountable, holding the team accountable, tracking the team's progress. Those are our items, right? That for them, we we saw pretty strong correlations with with loyalty. So I'm, I'm, uh, we, we saw correlations from the from the point 30s up into the point 50s on that one so the turnover intention was like very closely linked to a manager being being this this hands-on manager so if you if you keep that in mind if you have a manager like this doesn't make a difference if you are working from home or working in an office if you have a manager who sets these boundaries um, and these expectations, you probably know at the end of the day, okay, I've, I've done my work. I've fulfilled my, my, mm-hmm. uh, my, my quota here for today. I don't have to worry about being online for the rest of the night, you know? Yeah. So it, 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 I mean, 
we've been studying this for for many many years right and managers really matter it really makes a big difference yeah that makes a lot of sense that if you uh you know, in addition to the, the sort of harder boundary between work and life, uh, in addition, getting clearer feedback on your performance versus if you have a manager that's a little uh, less structured in that way uh, without having, you know, people around that you see in the office, the normal feedback that you get as you go through your, your face-to-face interactions that yep. you don't really know how you're doing. And so you end the day feeling maybe like you could never do enough or that you never uh, accomplished what, what you wanted to set out, but with a, a manager that's providing the, that structure and that feedback, it would help. Yeah. I'm, I haven't analyzed the data yet, but I wouldn't be like in, in, in that way, but I wouldn't be surprised that managers who are good managers did not get better. They did not get worse or potentially even better mm-hmm. in the course of this change and managers who always have been poor managers have gotten worse. So I'm, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if we can find some sort of interaction here between be, be, between these two things. So that that it really matters. Like, like managers really make the big difference in this. How this crisis is weathered, how it is perceived, how people adapt to it. Um, they're, they're just the key. Fascinating. Thank you, and I hope I can follow up uh, at some point when you do that analysis uh, because it it makes some intuitive sense. But of course, you know, there's yeah, it's always the answer is in the data. Is there anything you found? Um, so looking ahead a little bit to to the future, is there anything you found in uh, about returning to work? Uh, returning to work is maybe not the best way to put it, but that's kind of the way the, the terminology we're all using now. But in terms of, of how people are, are, are feeling or are behaving in reaction to the idea of coming back to the office. Yeah, that's, that's something we've been, um, we've been looking into. We have, we have a, we have some survey data on this. Um, we, we did a, a large survey with, um, with a pretty big client of ours and they asked two key, key questions. And that is, would you like to return? I would like to return to my desk, like my co-located desk. Mm-hmm. Um, and only 26% of people agreed to that. So for them, this was the most surprising uh, piece of information. They, they didn't think that huh. this number would be so low. By and large, people really either like or don't mind working from home. Mm-hmm. We, we had a few associated questions with that. 94% said that they have a space at home where they can work productively. Uh, 90% said they have all the technology that they need um, and all the tools. Um, and, and 86% said they are even getting their, you know, personal, interpersonal, social needs met. Um, so uh, the, there's, I, we are not observing a strong, like people saying we must go back to work. Mm-hmm. Like what, what do you see yeah. with schools where people saying we need to get our kids back to school? We, we don't see this with people saying we, we have to be working from our traditional co-located office. Yeah, uh, that makes uh, that makes sense. Um, I'm surprised that the numbers are uh, as extreme as, as they uh, are reported, but it does kind of make sense with, you know, my own little anecdotal experience of this. Um, I think there was a lot of stress uh, at the beginning, but we've had Mm -hmm. time to adapt to your point about people, you know, finding space or making space where they can work productively. They've now had time uh, to to do that and and to create those boundaries. And I can see why 
I would be so attractive. The interesting thing to me is it kind of points back to, to what you said earlier about managers being so key and maybe it being even more about an, a, a sort of an upper echelons thing now where, you know, a year ago, if we were talking, we'd be in the strongest employee market, yeah. uh, probably in the history of the country. Uh, now we're arguably in the, in the strongest uh, employer market, <laughs> uh, at least since possibly the Great Depression. So it's really going to come down to what do those senior leaders decide is, is best. Um, and, and hopefully they'll, they'll take that kind of data into consideration. But uh, it's interesting to see how that has shifted. And I think we are still, we haven't even started to grasp with, to, to get a handle on what that means. Um, we're, it's been quite a while now that we've been in this employee market. Uh, shifting to the employer market is 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 going to be real whiplash, I think, for organizations and candidates. I, th- I think so. I, th- I think the uh, but at the same time, I mean, there is. There, I think there's there's opportunity for employees as well because you know if you don't have to be co-located, uh, if you don't have to be in you know Silicon Valley or in you know Austin, and and you could pick up a job in these these. Um, highly desirable areas with highly desirable employers, you know, people who may not been able to reach out for these jobs are now, um, you know, it's maybe within reach for them. So the, 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 I think the labor market has been um, gotten more transparent and, and maybe, I mean, we will, we will see in the future, but it's, it's a more, a more balanced uh, market with more mobility of, of, of people because they don't have to physically move around. The yeah. one, one thing I wanted to, to share, and, and this really um, caught my attention, and this is why I would recommend that any, any employer who hasn't done so yet, like surveys their people. We have one multinational client that did the survey across Europe and the US, and they asked the question, do you feel it's safe to return to home? Uh, I'm sorry. Do you feel um, it's re- it's safe to return to the office, not not home? Um, and U.S. employees agreed to this around twenty percent, mm-hmm. and people in Europe, so this is um, Switzerland and Germany, mm-hmm. they seventy five percent agreed to that. So mm-hmm. the the like there are two things confounded, right? When we ask, "Would you like to return to my desk?" Um, we're confounding whether you you would prefer to work from a desk. And whether you feel it's safe, right? So these things need to be be separated out in a survey to figure out would you come would you go back would you go back to your desk if you felt it was it was safe? So that is that is the the, the key question. But again, I would I would anticipate that region by region, employer by employer, this could this could look very differently. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think another uh, sort of naturally occurring experiment, if you will, uh, that you'll be able to, to collect data on and, and maybe share some, some inferences with us in, in the future is about, you know, when offices are opening back up in, on Moss and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some companies are bringing people back, some aren't, some are giving you the option comparing, uh, you know, engagement and behaviors, uh, for yeah. those who work from home to those in the office, uh, and, and seeing what that looks like, um, I'm also curious about, you know, what it means for things like career development. Yeah. Uh, you know, you could see, uh, and there's a, a little of the peer-reviewed research backs this up, that, you know, the folks who are 
in the office, so to speak, or have mm-hmm. a, a leg up in terms of being identified as a high potential and, and yeah. groomed for higher level roles and those who choose uh, to stay and, and work from home. It'll be interesting to see if that changes considering how many people are now working from home and, and how much more um, behavior and performance we're able to observe from, from the home-based workforce. Yeah, I think I think there's there's uh, like we it, our field should should look into this collectively. I mean, if you if you used to work from home, what you just described, like you were twenty percent, so you're like the the working from home uh, diaspora, um, and and the big uh, the big chunk of people are in the office and and they are networking, they're building connections and all of this stuff. Does do these you know uh, effects? stay when you reach a certain critical mass of people working from home. You know, let's say they're only 20% are co-located and 80% are working from home. Does this, does this hold up? For, for me, the, like, the, the, the thing that kills me as, as an IO psychologist and also here at Rabbit, when I look, when I look across the, 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 the Twitter sphere and the LinkedIn sphere is, and then Facebook, um, you know, we, uh, we've been tr- trying to figure out how to work well from the office, right? This is not something that, that we have. We have not cracked that nut yet. Nobody would say, does it make sense to work from an office? Is it, is it more effective? Yeah. It, it, like nobody asked this question. I mean, you can go back to like the 19th century to like uh, right. Henri Fayol to like the principles of management where they talk about how to structure your company. We've been like figuring this out for 150 years. We have found some answers, some solutions, but we haven't like exhaustively resolve the issue on how to work from an office. And I see people like saying, oh, working from, from home is terrible. We've been doing this for like three months, <laughs> like three, four months. Give it a chance. I mean, there, there, there will be learning that we will figure stuff out. Technology will catch up and it already has to a large degree. We will get more savvy. And then the, 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 the human component will change as well. I'm, I'm certain that there will be uh, people who start networking um, through non-traditional means. You know, they will maybe joining uh, a, a a Zoom uh, happy hour with people in their company where they can network, as opposed to you know being at the physical happy hour. You know, the, all of this is stuff that needs time to evolve. So to to contrast the the efficacy of of remote work yeah. with office work right now, I think is is uh, you know too early. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a sort of a status quo bias. That's probably not the right phrase, but, you know, I think about it in terms of uh, just a slight digression here to something like, you know, the peer reviewed publishing system where, mm-hmm. okay, if, if, you know, if I have psychology or, you know, really just, you know, uh, scholarly or, or scientific endeavors were starting today, uh, would we build anything <laughs> like what we've got? Would we say, well, you know, the main thing is we should just have these paper-based journals that are run by three companies uh, and, and we should have these people working for free to review them and we should yes. charge them a gazillion dollars. You'd say, no, of course not. No. Um, but that's the status quo. So that's what you work against. Uh, so it's an interesting sort of thought experiment to say if, if we had been working from home all this time, uh, and we were now saying, hmm, I wonder if we should give this office thing a try. Like, would it make sense to come and work at an office if we were looking at this with fresh eyes? Exactly. Like, I, I love the analogy, right? Would, would, we, would we say, okay, let's commute um, an hour, take five hours out of our week or potentially more um, to, to be sitting 
next to each other, shoulder to shoulder, not necessarily talking to. It's not like we are we are like have interdependent tasks these days, right? It's not like mm -hmm. we're swinging a hammer together or we're digging a trench together. We're like, I'm, I'm working in Excel on, on, on this thing and I'm going to give this to you later on so you can do something with it, right? So there's, what is the interdependence? So if, if, if we would look at that, I don't think we would come to the conclusion that it's like absolutely necessary to be sitting next to each other in a physical space, but to, to maybe create and design these environments like electronically or not, in which it's easy to communicate. I think that's what this is all about. I'm, yeah. I, 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 re I really like, I like this thought experiment a lot because I, I think companies who, who, who engage in this thought experiment and think about, okay, as opposed to be doing what we're doing in the very beginning, right? Where we said, okay, we want to have check-ins. We want to be able to uh, talk to people on a frequent basis. So creating this, this, the surrogate approach of, of the office environment, are there maybe ways where we can do this more effectively? So instead of seeing working from home as a, as a, as a, as a substitute for something real, think of it as how can we make working from home actually more effective and more meaningful and, and more yeah. uh, efficient than, than what we do in offices. Yeah. And there's just so many, uh, so many questions that branch off from that, uh, you know, one that occurs to me and I'll, I'll try to wrap up after this because I realize I'm talking a lot in this episode. Um, oh, but is, you know, if that does in fact become the case and it seems likely that, you know, at least some, uh, companies will choose to extend and some already have, uh, the work from home option, uh, at least part-time permanently going forward is, you know, will that create another gap? or a further gap between sort of blue collar and white collar work. Uh, mm -hmm. And so far as, you know, if you, if you build something, uh, you can't do that from your garage. Yeah. Uh, you got to be in, you know, in a factory or in a shop to do that. Uh, lots of other jobs that require, you know, things like uh, delivery, which has become, you know, obviously a lot more important uh, during the pandemic yeah. and things like that. Does it, does it widen the gap uh, between these white collar office based jobs and, uh, blue collar working jobs. But that's just one of, uh, I think, uh, hundreds of, of possible uh, <laughs> topics we could discuss. But I, I do want to respect your time. And I really appreciate you uh, taking the time uh, to talk to us today. I think you have uh, raised some fascinating questions and shared some great insights. I'm going to share a link to Rabbit. And I'm also going to share a link to a white paper uh, that you recently auth authored on empathy. And I'd encourage anyone uh, who enjoyed this program to please check that out. Thank you, yeah. Alexander. Well, thanks for your time. It was a pleasure.